if you follow the news closely, again, what happened in the nation of Niger is no longer just a domestic issue at this moment. Now, take this. Not only the nation of United States of America, but also the nations in Europe, for example, France, Germany, and also other nations around the world suspended their financial assistance to the nation. And given the fact that this nation, politically speaking, is completely in political chaos and also in the social instability. But meanwhile, how should we understand this economic relationship between Niger and also other countries? And also, what is the political link among Mali, Burkina Faso, and also Niger at this moment? Well, and also, how should we understand this statement recently made by the current president? Again, the president, even though he's detained at this moment, but meanwhile, he's still asking for all the help from all the possible leaders around the world and to believe that in order to restore the normalcy and also the stability back to the nation of Niger, this is not just a domestic issue, but this is an international reminder when we talk about democracy today. Well, again, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to invite back our distinguished speaker, who is Scott Morgan. Again, Scott Morgan has been the president of Red Eagle Enterprises since its inception in November 2012. And he uses his experience from serving the, at the U.S. military to address various projects. And currently, he's based in Washington, D.C. And again, if you follow our show, you should be familiar with Scott He's one of the active commentators and also expert on many nations in Africa. Well, Scott, and welcome back to The Missing Piece. Thank you all for having me. Well, Scott, I want to get started. As we mentioned before, last time you and I had the discussion regarding the nation of Niger. Of course, on one hand, it's not, a, a again, a strange news that for everyone, this nation is completely in political and social chaos. But meanwhile, I want to get started with the question is, why is this issue is no longer just a domestic uh, topic, but also has become an international concern? As we mentioned before, countries such as France, Germany, and also other European countries suspended their international financial aid towards the country. Why is this important equally to other countries around the world? That is a great question. And as you, some of our listeners may not have learned already, the United States has joined that list as well, suspending most food, most assistance, but we'll keep providing food and medicine to Niger. So that, so that should actually be added to the list. Uh, Niger actually is one of the geostrategically important countries right now. As you know, as France wrapped up Operation Barcane, its operation to support its counterterrorism program in West Africa, which was focused mainly in Mali and Burkina, which was actually forced to leave both of those countries. You know, they actually went into, you know, they were actually invited to went into Niger to set up base operations where the United States also has a base which have houses both special forces and UAVs. So when it comes to the Western counterterrorism strategy, Niger is a hinge, was a hinge point in the region where it could actually continue operations in the region, but also indirectly could also be supporting uh, events in Nigeria as well as potential. And also for the Lake Chad Basin Initiative, and in which 
that will also take a hit because although it has not been widely publicized by most media outlets due to the other events focused around Niger, Reuters reported Friday evening here in the U.S. time that Niger withdrew its contingent from the from the combined joint task force, which was dealing with both the Boko Haram and ice weapons around like Chad. <clears throat> Niger has withdrawn from that. So already the West the major Western and African counterterrorism strategies have taken a hit in a negative light. That will embolden the jihadists. And so now the next question that you know the question is now, you know, we see this this event, we know Mali and Burkina Faso, which have had their own issues, allegedly over security, mm. but we've seen the rise of actually strong leaders. And we're actually seeing kind of like a unified front, you know, which is like their own version of the G- G5 alliance, which which has two other members, Mauritania, which has, which their reaction to the coup, had, you know, has not hit the internet. 20, the 24-hour info news cycle, and Chad, which has stated that although they're the best equipped military in the region, they're not going to intervene in Niger. As you know, as we're recording this today, is the is the deadline and of the of ECOWAS. Mm. However, we have another deadline to go through, and that could actually be the focal point of how some. At how some are in the region, as we saw in, with the debate yesterday within Nigeria's Senate. Scott, again, I know that you're the expert on ECOWAS. Now, let me explain something to our audience. Again, this is something that you are going to passionately help us with better understanding. First of all, ECOWAS, it's a simple abbreviation, which stands for Economic Community of West African State. Now, Scott, when we talk about the instability and also the political turmoil in the nation of Niger, why do we need to bring ECOWAS into our conversation? So what is the correlation between ECOWAS and also what's happening in Niger today? And also second, the role of ECOWAS played in understanding and also in hopefully in supporting the citizens in Niger, so so that they no longer suffer this political suppression or this social instability. Again, you're the expert. Walk us through step by step. What is the important and also the how significant it is for ECOWAS to make the voice when we look at the nation of Niger? Niger is a member of ECOWAS. Mm. It is also a member of the G5 alliance. Um, as a regional body, in the past, there have been several instances where ECOWAS has had to intervene <clears throat> to strengthen democratic institutions. They were <clears throat> they went into Cote d'Ivoire in 2005-2006. During that transition, when Lauren Bag, you know, with their row with Lauren Bag, former President Lauren Bagbo. And what is interesting is that the coup plotter, uh, actually the, the current leader of Niger served on that mission when mm-hmm. he went into Cote d'Ivoire. And then also they went into 2017 and also removed removed uh, former Gambian President Jame, who lost an election, and then which allowed current President Burrow to actually take office. So <clears throat> although it's an although it has 
you know, it's called the Economic Community of West African States. You know, it it does have a reputation for upholding democratic ideas. So that is being tested right now by this putsch because, as you know, with the, with the coups that have taken place in Mali, you know, in Mali, in Burkina, and the reaction to those events have been more diplomatic, you know, suspension from ECOWAS, economic sanctions for both Mali and Burkina. Those have been counterproductive at best. Mm. So now, with the situation on the ground, you know, because one of the actions that Nigeria has taken has been to cut off power to Niger. 70% of Niger's energy grid is electricity power provided by Nigeria. Mm. Will that act be counterproductive itself? We don't know yet. It's only been a few days since the power was cut. So we do not know. And already that since the push happened in Naomi, there have been complaints about rising food prices. So the question now becomes, will, you know, will not only will the Hoonsa stay in power, but there's also the question, well, it's not a question of if ECOWAS goes in, the more the question will probably be when. Hmm. Because basic for the, for the part, for the best, best part is ECOWAS has no good options hmm. to resolve this. Hmm. Because if the junta in the AMA stays in power and no action take, is taken, that weakens ECOWAS. ECOWAS is already divided. You know, Mali and Bikina are suspended and their leaders have actually stated that they will defend the coup plotters. So that is, you know, that is a threat. And even if the government, even if President Basim is restored to power, there will still be a cloud hanging over this thing because it could act, because the, re, the law, if you apply the law of unintended consequences, things in Niger could get worse. And as you see, some some people fear it could actually the violence could actually spill back into Nigeria. Brother, I want to read a statement again made by the current president, and also want to get your interpretation on this. Now, again, we know that the soldiers detained the president and also often in Niger, and the president was ousted unwillingly. But meanwhile, recently, the president made a statement, and I want to get your reaction. And it says, and I quote. In our hour of need, I call on the U.S. government and the entire international community to help us restore our constitutional order. Now, again, Scott, you're the expert. How should we understand the statement made by the president? What does that mean that it's time for the U.S. and also for the international community to step into this political and social chaos in order to restore the constitutional order. And again, an another following question just to ask you is, what does that mean, the constitutional order, if the government is being ruled and being manipulated by the military power or by this coup? What do you say to that? Well, I would assume the way he's defining constitutional order is that President Barzum did win an election 
at over 56% of the vote. And he can claim <clears throat> that he is still a legitimate president. That's the easy part of the question. Mm. The hard, the more difficult part of the question is that you have the Biden administration and several others. And I hate to go back. They have the withdrawal from Afghanistan has left a sour taste in a lot of strategists' mouth. The way, basically, the president of the United States said, you know, I want out of Afghanistan. I want it done by this date. And it was it was done in a haphazard fashion. Could some people may fear that we may actually go down the same route again by installing a president, reinstating President Biden in office? You know, it could it actually entrench the position out to Johnny. You know, Molly and Vicina have already indicated that they are going to support him and that both coaches have actually stated that there will be a declaration of war. And then we have also not had reports of Wanger being of elements of Wanger flying its name within the last twenty four hours as we're recording. So so this is a you know, this is a case where some people want to have the change but don't want the confrontation that may actually be a catalyst to create the change. It may end up being short-sighted due to the fact that, you know, the longer the coup, longer Johnny stays in power, he can actually solidify. Because, you know, he's only been in power for like less than for roughly two weeks now. And and if you look at one of the actions of the Nigerian military at first, you know, he did not have the support of them because there were actually rumblings that, you know, they hired the heads of the army were not happy with his performance as well. So, you know, that actually may have had a role in this. But that being said, what Nigeria is a red hot flashpoint. It presents a lot of danger with no easy solutions. And it's in a and it's a position where although Create going in and remote and restoring the president by a military force is the least preferred option. It may actually end up in the long run being the best option considering how events in both Mali and Burkina have played out. Mm. Scott, we've been talking about Mali and Burkina Faso for a while. Now let's put the three nations together. When we look at Mali, Burkina Faso, and also Niger, and we know that three of the nations have been battling insurgency by Islamist extremist groups that former colonizer France, along with the United States, have tried and failed to eradicate. And meanwhile, poverty and high cost of living also plague the West African states. Let's talk about those two things. And number one, how should we understand the presence of those what we called Islamic extremists among the nations of Burkina Faso, Niger, and also uh, Mali? I mean, again, how devastating the situation is. Because again, when we look at um, real, uh, anything related to Islamic extremists, people are very concerned. Of course, no country will like to receive the wording from any terrorism related to act or receive anything that can um, blow up the nation or blow up the city in an instant. But right now, at this moment, if we don't see any mani manipulation or minimize uh, the threat 
of this um, insurgency, I think that could really easily spill over into other countries. So again, Scott, you're the expert. Walk us through how concerning is the insurgency of is- Islamist, uh, Islamic extremists? What do you say to that? Well, when it comes to not just Islamic insurgencies, but any insurgency as well, any insurgency that takes place is almost always the result of either a governance issue within the country or a neighboring country has internal problems where then the the forces seek a a base or a safe haven to conduct operations. Mm. As you know, Mali has had three coups since 2012. Burkina Faso has had a coup. You know, I know we had the events here in Niger, you know. People people generally have to, don't forget, President Barzum, his was... When he assumed office in Niger, that was the first peaceful transfer of power in that country's history. Mm. And that country gained independence in 1961. Mm. That was his ascension was the first peaceful transfer of power. So in some instances, coups are the preferred option to change government. But often when they have changes like this, they don't often address the rampant issues of poverty and food insecurity. And which, if you look, and there have been several data data places that analyze the ferocity and and how often terrorism incidents occur. The situation in Niger was actually improving before this coup mm-hmm. from a security standpoint. And so basically, even though General Chichani has stated that he is, you know, that the security in the country was getting worse and the numbers are showing it wasn't. This was probably more in the line of, in the case of his personal, he thought he saw himself as a person who was strong, a strong person who thought he could, he thought he was more important than the president. Even though there are certain members of the military and the elites in Niger that did not like him because he was of, of an, he was ethnically Arab, which is a minority in the country, and they rankled at that as well. So that is also another factor that played into this as well. Mm. But as you know, um, you 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 look at some of the moves that the Hunts already made. You know suspending the French uranium contracts, you know, making sure that no gold is exported to France, except yada, yada, yada. You know, everybody wants to look, it's like, oh, it's poverty, it's internal, but, and people, some people actually say, yeah, this is it, you know, and this could also be an anti-French move, but, Mm. you know, as the day progresses and we get more and more news about how the events are playing out, one thing is also for certain about it's about the concern about the spreading. This we have to look at what's going on in northern Nigeria as well, due to the closeness and the cross border trade. That will be one of the first places that we'll actually see any any blowback from an ECOWAS intervention. And one of the issues already inside Nigeria that has been taking place is the banditry. Some bandit groups have actually 
going across the border, they have actually, when they've conducted their kidnappings and other raids, they have gone back across the border into Niger. And that was what, and that's, and that is a concern that some people have, whether or not the raids will pick, will intensify and target more issues in northwestern Nigeria. Because people think, you know, a lot of, a lot of analysts have it right when they say Nigeria has a lot to lose in this, in any potential intervention. And, but one of the most ironic things I have seen is, is that members of the Senate have ordered, have requested President Tinubu to address the banditry mm. issues in Northwest Nigeria. But if he does not, if he does nothing in Niger, he's not addressing the issues of banditry. Brother, I want to wrap up our conversation again. I'm very glad that you touched on the nation of Russia. Last time when you and I, we had the conversation, we saw that some of the younger generations, they waved the Russian flags on the scene and when the nation is facing this chaos. Now, meanwhile, I want to still end this conversation by asking the simple question is, what role does Russian play at this moment? Is it time for Vladimir Putin to step in or perhaps sending the military to help with the chaos in Niger? Or maybe it's time for Russia to continue to mind his own business instead of creating more enemies and why not just stay in peace? What do you say to that? Well, actually, when it comes to the push in Niger, Russia sent him this message. You know, you know foreign ministers, the Kremlin sent him a stated that they supported the restoration of but however, Prigozhin shared a video stating that he was looking forward to doing business in Niger. Mm. Members of the Nigerian junta flew to Bamako and actually arranged for Wagner to go in and do business, you know, to conduct training. You know, and the Wagner forces have arrived within the last 24 hours as we are recording this. Mm. And actually, as most, I am in the line of most other analysts that when they view all the Russian flags flying in the, in the protests and everything, which did not initially happen after the puts, which I would take that as you know, it's the enlightened people in, in Niger having an anti-French bias. Because amongst the better educated and everyone, you know, everything that's wrong in their country is the fault of Paris. Mm. To some extent, that is true. But we're also finding out that in these countries, a lot of these wounds are self-inflicted by poor policies, you know, reliance on strongmen, which... We're actually seeing the return of, and if you look, you know, but when we go to Burkina Faso at the recent Russian-Africa summit, you know, they actually, Burkina actually sent a levy of military officers to go, go to Russia to to attend school. Mm. So we shall see how that will actually play out. And as for countries in the region that actually are actually under threat, you know, we are seeing, starting to see a rise in jihadist activities in both Benin and Togo. And so as the Islamists move south and then, and also 
we're seeing pro, we're seeing anti-French pro, anti-French sentiment in the Sahel and South. It's a dangerous, it's a dangerous recipe. Mm. And now you have, and you also have countries such as, you know, Senegal and Ghana and Nigeria and even Liberia, which has upcoming presidential elections. They are in a, they are in a dangerous position through no fault of their own due to the fact that even though France was asked, you know, France left Mali last year and we're starting and we're seeing dominoes well i mean again brother at this moment we still don't know what is going to happen to the nation of niger again despite more countries suspended their financial aid and also support to the country but meanwhile we still don't see the legitimacy and also the stability of niger Again, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to speak to uh, Scott Morgan. Again, Scott Morgan has been the president of Red Eagle Enterprises since its inception in November 2012. And he's located in Washington, D.C. And he's the expert on our show. Help us with better understanding among the countries in Africa, politically speaking, and also from this economic standpoint. Well, Scott, again, thank you so much for your time to join our show on this beautiful Sunday. Really appreciate it. And again, um, continue to give us more insights and feedback as we continue to pay attention to uh, what's happening in Niger and also in Mali and Burkina Faso. And we'd love to have you back on the show for our future episodes. So, brother, thank you so much for doing this.